Hello and welcome to Helium Talk, das Kunstgespräch. My name is Jörg Heikhaus. I founded the gallery Helium Cowboy in Hamburg many, many years ago and I also work as an artist under the name of Alex Diamond. My guest today is the Danish artist Rune Christensen. Rune has been showing his art with us here at Helium Cowboy since 2016. In May 2017, we presented his first solo exhibition, Textured, and he's a very dear artist to us here at Helium Cowboy since. Not only do we value Rune's artwork, but also his taste in art and his understanding of new contemporary positions and the vision of modern art today. That is why we joined forces and together with gallery manager Melvin, the three of us selected a great bunch of artists to present in a group exhibition we called CRISP. Artists that share this vision with us and who we believe are taking art onto a new level, like Angela Fox, Jordi Kerwick, Peter Burke, J.O. Lee, David Schillinglaw, Samuel Bassett, Will Barris, Jens Rausch, Ben Venom, Fabian Wolf, Julian Dice, Winnie Truong, Rasmus Renhag, and yes, some new pieces by Rune and me also found their way into this show. Coming from a background in graffiti, Rune Christensen developed a very unique and distinct style and color code for his figurative paintings and drawings. His main inspiration roots in his extensive traveling to remote corners of the world, and you can see this in the often traditional textures and layers he applies and translates into his own visual urban language. We talk about this and about settling down a bit now with a baby on its way to enrich his life and tell many stories from the art world he encountered along the way to becoming an internationally recognized and popular artist. You will hear us address a Julia sometimes during the show and you can probably hear the click of a camera shutter. That is because the wonderful Julia Schwentner from This Is Julia Photography graced us here on the ranch with her presence to document this podcast with her camera. Happy listening, and as always, I'm looking forward to your feedback. Helium talk. Where are you staying, by the way? St. Pauli somewhere. It's a hotel somewhere in St. Pauli? Yeah. Do you know, <laughs> the, you know hotel Austria, lost there? the cheapest one I could find. Yeah? yeah. Hotel Ock for now. <clears throat> it's pretty cheap. <laughs> it's like 59 euros for two people. All right. You can rent it by the hour, too, probably. Uh, yeah, it was 20 euros for an hour. All right, okay. Yeah. Did, they, With look, clean did they look weirdly at you? Or? It, the, the, the bed's really like, um, seems like it has a weird hole in the middle, kind of like yeah. somebody's been pushing it a lot. I'm really, really sure. Rhythmically. It's right next to Rebobahn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, Rune, um, yeah, welcome to, to our podcast. It's, it's, it's another a little bit different one because uh, we're not alone today. We have the, the wonderful Julia here taking photos. So sometimes it may click. Um, and you are here because we are opening an exhibition together. You know, you're an artist yeah. that has shown with us, and now yeah. we're opening an exhibition together. Um, and we haven't hung any of the works yet, but we looked at them. Are you happy with what arrived so far? I'm super happy with what arrived. Um, I think that it's nice that we were able to both get our kind of interests and styles and friends and colleagues into this and, and, and I think everyone created some really good work so far what I've seen so yeah I'm very pumped about it so I remember when, when the last time when we um, when we spoke here when we did the exhibition we had some laughs about the title curator and yeah we sure did didn't we <laughs> and now you're a curator no I'm just a co-curator <laughs> co-curator yeah, well we're all co-curators you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. three co-curators yeah in one yeah, pot, yeah. no I definitely put that on my resume yeah. for sure yeah. I, my, my wife is right now making a couple of t-shirts at home <laughs> curated t-shirts for me to wear yeah. when I get back so uh, finally I made it I made okay. it into the big leagues is that something that you were always interested in when you when you started doing art like also being interested in working with other artists and showing other artists and um I think that I I like um working with people in general I like community mm -hmm. and I think that that's what this show is kind of sort of a little bit about as well it's about community for me as well like where you and I when we met we developed a friendship first we met in kind of similar professional way mm -hmm. and we developed a friendship and I think that Some of the artists that are here are friends and are potential friends and are potential people that I would hopefully, and you and I will hopefully continue working with. So I see it, of course, as like, yeah, I always wanted to work with art. I always worked with art, essentially. But I like this idea of community. I think that that's maybe for me a big part of it is 
it's kind of if you could call it helping is wrong to say but like kind of like being a movement together somehow maybe yeah not just like the the lone the lone wolf the lone wolf because it very very fast in the art world I think it can very fast become a very egocentric thing where it's each man to their own or each girl to their own and I think as um, as a a commune of some kind that you'll stand stronger and you will also maybe if you're on the floor somebody will pick you up or the other way around I don't know yeah, kind of what I'm thinking right now I guess anyways <laughs> well art can be pretty can be, be a pretty lonely profession because yeah. you're working a lot yeah. in the studio on yeah. your own and exactly. Then, so, yeah. exactly yeah I'm, I'm also pretty happy with the with the selection of the artists that we have um, I also think is a, has a lot to do with, with friendship but also the styles work very good together yeah and and basically, putting together a show like this does not, you know, this doesn't have really a theme. We call it no. crisp because I think that was just a name that popped up. Yeah, yeah. which is a fine name because I feel like all the art is pretty crisp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how did we meet again? We meet. Uh, we met. Uh, Two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, I think first time I met you, I think we were talking a few times on the internet. Yeah. And I think you showed up at my f first solo show. I sent you a t-shirt. I remember. You sent me a t-shirt. You sent me a t-shirt, <laughs> which I love, which I still have. And I actually brought it. And I might be wearing it for the show. Who knows? Yeah, that was the first time we were, we were having a conversation on the internet. And you came with your son to, to Denmark for mm -hmm. my first solo show there. Uh, and then... Rasmus Fischer curated the show with you here called mm -hmm. Mist of Madness. Yep. And um, and that's kind of sort of when... I think, no, we sh I showed here with you before Mist of Madness. We did, you did something. We invited me and uh, the artist J.O., uh, which is also showing here this time. Uh, and we were part of some group show that you did maybe with Affenfaust or I can't really remember what that was. No, we did a, group, we did a show well, here. It was, a um, it was a fair maybe or something. No, that was after the exhibition. Ah, that whatever. was after your solo show. No, before, I mean, I think... Yeah, after the solo show, but before Mist of Madness, right? Yeah, before Mist of Madness. Yeah, been the mat yeah. We, we did that show where you had J-Bo yeah. and, and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, that's... Um, why I was mentioning this, how, how we met is... Because uh, I think it's a part of the theme of this show as well. It's... Um, I remember driving up to... Albor. To Albor. 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 Well, I'll... I'll learn at some point. Yeah. Um, to see your solo show. Yeah. There. And then we all got together in the cars the next morning, slightly hungover. Yeah, for and sure. And drove up to Skagen, to yeah. the northern Skane. end of Skane. 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 Hey, okay. Yeah, nobody yeah, yeah, says yeah. that. Yeah. Um, there's actually a beer coming out called Skane. Well, it's called Skagen because it comes from Hamburg and everybody pours yeah. Skagen. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we nice drove up to eat too. fish. Um, <laughs> yeah, we and, did. With John Todd was there John too Todd and his and wife. And my wife, yeah. your son, yeah. Rasmus. Yeah. So and I think that's where, 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 where you sometimes lay a foundation for, mm. you know, so that is probably stronger or more interesting than just... Going by Instagram likes and um, fame of artists, you know, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I think that will last longer as well. Yeah, when when each give a little, you know, like you driving from Hamburg with Melvin for I guess that's five hours. That's a pretty for European. That's a long drive, fairly long drive. Yeah, but uh, so that I feel like that's something you're giving something like, and that's also that feeling of when we were all in the sun eating our ice creams being hung over at the tip of the Denmark that was a very nice feeling of community which yeah. is again going back to what we talked about is, is essentially what this is kind of also about and, and that was also your first solo exhibition ever or no it was my first solo exhibition with Valsen yeah. yeah but my not my first but it was my first really big one if, where I had like 25 pieces yeah, and it was sold out. It was sold out on the the opening, which yeah. was very nice. A nice feeling, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that very very much. Yeah. Thank you, Rasmus. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a, yeah, he's a good good guy. He's a good man. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. We'll have him on the podcast later too. Yeah, I know. He told me on yeah. Friday. You, mm -hmm. He talked about yeah. recording the next one. Yeah, nice. With him, it's a, it's a it's a nice it's a nice angle that he has towards art. You know, like very very strong yeah. sales focus, but also yeah. very close to. Um, I think he also can only sell art that he really, really likes and believes yeah, in. I think, I think so that's too. also the main reason why you should sell art. But yeah, uh, yeah, but anyway. not everyone so, does. 
So and that um, let's get to your career. That's um, <coughs> that was probably the most important exhibition at that date for you. And what was yeah. before? How, how do you come? Uh, how did you become an artist? Uh, yeah, how did I become an artist? It's a good question. I I um, painted graffiti for many years, which I guess is essentially a style of some kind of expression. Maybe not art. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's art. That's always the discussion, isn't it? Um, actually, one of the artists I was showing here, we grew up painting graffiti together, Peter Bierk, mm -hmm. which is, uh, that's, again, community, like, so nice bringing him here to Hamburg and to Helium yeah. Cowboy. Um, and I guess then I quit graffiti because I don't know why I did that, but then I started painting on canvas a couple of years later and then slowly and steady moved into, I found a gallery that wanted to show a bit of my work. And at the time, I was traveling quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, I was lucky I produced a bunch of artwork had a show with, I think, 12 pieces uh, with, with a good gallery in Denmark. Um, and I went to Nepal and I went into the mountains and I was hiking in the mountains in the Himalayas for three weeks. I came out of the, the mountains and uh, the gallerist had written an email to me that uh, she sold 10 of my paintings and she's going to send me some money. So she sent me a bunch of Danish nice crowners to Nepal. And when you have Danish money in Nepal, you are doing well. So I thought, this is pretty great. Like... I'll try and do some more drawings and send home. And then I was kind of sort of, I guess, for five or six years, a traveling artist, like living a little bit in Denmark, working a little bit, going out and sending works to my gallery and, and, and in that way. And then I came back and I did a fair with the gallery. When was that? It was at Hanning, it's called. No, it's when a, was that? Around? Oh, this was in 2000 and... When was that? <laughs> That's a good question. So I've been four years, so maybe four years ago or something? Four or five years? Five years ago? What was? What would that be? Thirteen? Thirteen? Five years ago? Yeah, 13, yeah. 13 or fourteen. Mm -hmm. I did. I was. I was with a gallery, and and which was a small gallery that I'm that I'm with now, than compared to to mm -hmm. to to you guys and to Volsen, which I'm represented by. Um, but they took me to this art fair in Denmark, uh, which is called Art Hanning, which is all the Danish galleries, and that's where I met uh, Rasmus, which is we talked about before. And um, yeah, he asked me if I wanted to show with him, and I was like, yep, because that was one of the galleries that I really, really liked at the time, and I thought that was a big step up for me, so I did a group show with him, had five pieces in a group show, and uh, he sold all the pieces, so I was, that was, again, super nice, what a really great start for me, and then he, he asked me if I wanted to do a solo show with him, and uh, then I did... Uh, um, The gallery is huge, so you often do two-man or three-man show because yeah, sure. it's still like it still had 25 pieces. Place, yeah. yeah, John Todd had 15 pieces and J.O. had 19 pieces, and it was still <laughs> it's a huge space. So, yeah, so that was I guess that was and and that's why I met you, and then all that kicked off, and and then I've been lucky enough to do a, a lot of shows in, in in America, and I've even shown in Beirut and, and Kazakhstan. But how did that come that that uh, American galleries were interested in showing your work. I mean, how did they, how did they find you? I think that that's through Instagram, essentially, and yeah. and I think that 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 maybe I think I was maybe the second, if you can call it, waves on Instagram. I was probably the second wave on Instagram, um, and I was lucky enough to be picked up by Juxtapose magazine that shared some of my work in an article. Okay, yeah, that's, and then that's uh, the um, that guy, what's he called, um, um, the the real Swiss Beats. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sh again, shared one of my photos on his Instagram profile, and and then in America, he's got like what 15 million followers, something like yeah. that. And he's married to Alicia Keys, and then mm -hmm. American Americans love this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. if the rich are doing and the famous are doing something, then everybody wants to do mm -hmm. it. So I guess that that I was lucky enough that he shared the work, and um, then I was picked up by a really awesome guy called Joseph Gross. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gross, or I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. He had a gallery in New York. Yeah, he had a Joseph Gross gallery in New York. And he used to work for Juxtapose, actually. Um, and uh, he picked me up and did. I did two group shows with him, and I did Scope New York with him. Um, and then from there, I think his stamp of approval, which because he was, at the time, he was representing Eric Jones and... and, and And like some pretty heavy hitters like Giannis and, and some good good names in that kind of urban new contemporary kind of style. So I think his stamp of approval was very important to me. And, and I think after that I got 
picked up by the Soul Show with 5024 San Francisco. I've just been approached by That's a lot of... That's the gallery of um, Jeremy Fish. And all yeah, of him, yeah, yeah. I think he's, 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 he was, he's part of... I think, actually, they closed down the gallery now, sadly. Uh, they still have the platform up a playground. Mm-hmm. But I think they closed down the gallery. Um, but yeah, just uh, then I've been lucky enough to be keep being approached. I, I, I'm doing... I just did a show with a gallery called Cast Contemporary in Tampa Bay. And they approached me again to do some something else next year or the next year again I can't really remember okay um, and then I think it's again like with 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 community is you know like kind of sort of like a, this awesome guy called Alex Yanis who's from Miami he does woodwork uh, uh, very very nice I, I know what he does yeah very I nice I know what work. he does not do yeah, very yeah. well <laughs> yeah you also know that yeah <laughs> res, res, yeah reply to emails yes <laughs> um I think that that was part of why Joseph also picked me up. And also, if you look at it, like like um, Jordy Kervig that we have in this show, I, I met him in uh, in Copenhagen. He mm-hmm. was curating or whatever, a huge group show, which he put me in. And um, then we just did a show with Valsen. Now I'm doing a show with him here where I kind of invited him. And then he invited me to part of doing a show in Melbourne. So I think this is the thing. It's like... You could look at it as like each man scratch each other's backs or whatever. I don't know really what you call it. But I just look at it as like it's community. It's like you become a group of artists that are friends. And, and you're trying... If, if you have the possibility of, of being like, hey, man, I have a show. Let, let's try to do something together. And the quality is there, of course. And the gallery is interested. I think that that's a strong, strong way of being together. But it's also a shark tank, right? The whole art it is world it is song. it is so you need a group of sharks that are have more pointy that teeth kind than of, the next that, people kind that's of why I, that's why i only and hang out with, with and, people and, like you with tattoos and, that play basketball and, and stuff and share their meals yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah no but i think it's um i mean you've you mentioned a few things juxtapose swiss beats instagram i think on instagram it only works when you have these kind of people promoting your work mm. you know that mm. you get basically mm. seen I mean we're doing this with the Helium Kawa Instagram account we're doing this all the time we're promoting mm-hmm. other artists all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. but even though we're a well known and um, and probably you know recognized gallery um, uh, we don't have the reach of like the no. husband of Felicia Keys no. who's also like a very important now he's become famous a art collector and curator or whatever so, I think the social media only works when when you're at that level, but um, it's um, it's it's still it's still difficult to 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 use that. Do you do you? Because I always you know I think on every podcast we come to the point of of Instagram, and I yeah. and I tend to yeah. move over that point quickly because it's just something we have to do. Yeah. But you are how old are you again? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. So, From my perspective, a very young person. Oh yeah, I consider myself. Really, to be how old are you? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Oh, baby. <laughs> All babies here. You know, I'm I'm talking to babies. <laughs> um, but uh, but that's that's kind of your daily routine, right? You get you get up and think about Instagram, or you think what you're going to do there in the next week, or. I think at a point I was very I used it a lot, and I was very like, when should I post? What should I write? all this stuff because I kind of thought that you could somehow understand it mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think you can't somehow maybe I think I came to the conclusion that like I don't understand it but I think it's an important thing to use for several reasons I think it's good to put your work out there it's like fishing if you don't have a hook in you won't, you'll never catch a fish yeah, okay. essentially that's how I look at it now Uh, but I also think it's like it's nice. It's it's it can become very. It's a good community. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to meet other artists. I met Jordy again, mm-hmm. essentially through Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I also do think that oh, it's Samuel, like Samuel Bassett is in the show because yeah. I found him on Instagram. Exactly. There's there's a lot of that stuff. The same with Angela uh, Angela Fox. Like mm-hmm. I also f- saw her work through Instagram. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, but I also think it's like it's a nice way. Like you have this like new Instagram stories. And I really enjoy seeing other artists' stories when they invite me into their studios, their little process photos and stuff. I like seeing, of course, the finished image of an artwork. But I like more seeing the works in progress almost, like the little studio sets, setups or the little videos that people make and stuff. So I think it becomes, somehow it, it, the artwork becomes personal. The artists invite you in. 
So, yeah. So, so without being a, a, a social media consultant, yeah, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm not. But you would recommend rather, I mean, to, to I don't know, younger artists or artists that get their work out there, that they be more spontaneous and and not just show the polished work, but go, you know, like show the process. And I like seeing that because the stories for me, the stories are really. I don't. I don't do many stories. No. Because it's just like no, no. But that's 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 each each person to their own. Yeah. I think it's like it's it can be whatever you want it to be. But the one thing it shouldn't be is being frustrating. If it becomes, if, if Instagram or any social media becomes yeah. a, a, a problem for you, you get annoyed because other people are doing better than you, or you get annoyed because you have to do it, then don't do it. Mm. You should just essentially, like, <laughs> if you're trying to live off art, you shouldn't do anything you don't want to do, mm -hmm. because then you should just go get a job, like, kind of, sort of, almost, you know? Like, I just try and do... 99.9% of what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that, that as soon as it becomes too much, just put it aside for a some time and then pull. Yeah, I, li I like that approach. I mean, yeah. I think if, and I know a lot of artists and people really who, who, who just um, added a new, another stress level to their lives through, through social media. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And I understand that it's sometimes frustrating. I'm, I personally, I'm never frustrated with other people having more, more followers uh, than others. No, no. I think it's just, you know, that's just But I've heard that story from other people. Maybe not so much the followers, but like, and followers, like that doesn't, it, it, that's, you know, like I, I know artists that have 50,000 followers that's never gotten anything out of it. But if you have the right people following, that's what you want. I don't, I essentially don't really care if there's 20,000 people on your, when you get thousands of likes on things. But if you have the right people looking at your artwork, that's what you want. It's essentially just like a gallery. It's like, it doesn't matter to have a gallery where you have 5,000 visitors if they're all just drinking and standing with their back to, their, to the artwork. Yeah. But if you have 50 people that came, that wanted to see the work, that appreciated the work, that, 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 were, were talking to you that was conversing about what's going on here mm -hmm. and had a following like I know I've met collectors through you that keep coming back and that writes me still it's like oh like oh blah, 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 blah. like that's nice it doesn't matter if you just have a bunch of hip young people standing mm -hmm. drinking wine and then leaving like well I have a, I have, I have a few collectors that um, they never like anything or they never comment no, on anything no. but um, when they see something they like they send me an email Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. Oh, I saw that work you're working on. Uh, that's great. You know, yeah. you know, when can I yeah. have a preview? And it's yeah. like, I don't even know that you're following me. <laughs> so, but that's of course nice. But I also have collectors who would never in their whole life consider going on Facebook or Instagram to no. look at anything. But, but that's also, I think, you should just look at Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media you're using to promote your business or artwork. Mm -hmm. Just look at it as another tool in your toolbox. It's like. You don't have to use the hammer all the time, but it's nice to have it around if you need it. Yeah. I think that that's how I look at it. Like, it's just there. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. All right, I think there was enough promotion for Instagram, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, well they don't need promotion. They owe us some money. No, but I mean, that's, it's, it's just, it has just become part of, it's just the toolbox. It's a, it's a very good term. I think for, for artists, um, it, nobody actually teaches you how to live your life as an artist. No, um, you just at some point you decide that you that this is very important to you. Some people cannot do anything else. Other people have the privilege of choosing at some point yes. to to go that way. Yes. Um, but nobody can tell you how to do that. There's no, no. Uh, handbook for being an artist. And even if there are, there are definitely handbooks for artists, but they're bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so. just waste of money. Yeah, just uh, yeah. Well, and. Um, And so this is just, just, just one part out of the box. I'm always trying to figure out how, for me it's very, you know, one of the reasons I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how people actually get to get their works to be seen yeah. and get their works, you know, sort of get people to be interested enough to buy a piece. Because as soon as, as people buy an artwork, they take a share in the development of the artist. Yes. Um, because I mean, it's like we don't have a, a regular income. We don't go to work from nine to five or whatever hours, and at the end of the month, you know, we get a check and and in the mail or anything. We just have we're dependent upon, and the artists that I'm working with, everybody's depending upon the sales. So mm -hmm. even though that should not, you know, sort of be a driving driver as an artist, it is something that will always be 
part of your daily life as yes. an artist. So there may be three months where you make no money. And there may be a sold-out exhibition at a gallery, which helps you probably get through the next three months, half a year, depending yes. on how, 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 how well you, you, you sell. And um, so finding out how people actually find an artist to follow, to being interested in artists, getting... Um, yeah, basically, when I started Helium Cowboy, there was a... I didn't know that when we when, when we started it, but there was a there was a boom on the art market. So we mm. well, the first time we went to Miami, I mean, basically 75, 80% of what we took to Miami stayed in Miami or elsewhere in the world. We, yes. you know, where, where it was. So you thought up. this was pretty easy. So that was pretty easy. <laughs> um, but in the last years, uh, selling art has become much more complicated. Um, so that you always have to find out and also being, you know, sort of also getting people to not just come for the beer. Yes. Uh, but also to come be interested in in, in, in in purchasing from an artist because, you know, so that is where a connection begins. Yes. Um, that is very valuable to an artist. You know, people that like your work and they buy the first one. And even though if they don't ever buy another one, if they love your work, they will always talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, and... Um, and yeah, in Instagram, I always think Instagram is more the part where you find other artists and people that like your work but I've also seen it you know sort of in the last I don't know year or you know one half years that more and more people who are interested in buying art you know get on Instagram but they're not it's not, not a product there's no prototype for, 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 for a buyer um, do you have you know coming from urban art graffiti uh, do you have a certain type of people that collect your work no I don't think I do so how, how, do like, they, how do they come? How did they come across your work? I mean, I know that you know we invite people and show your work, and then they, they like, like clearly it. Clearly, the galleries have have yeah. have have are promoting my work. You're promoting my work in Hamburg and, and Rasmus in Denmark, and the art fairs. But mm -hmm. I think for me, like when it comes to collectors that are approaching me from outside Europe or Denmark, mm -hmm. especially in America, I think it has been through. Instagram and, and again and, and, and through these magazines like High Fructose or Juxtapose that I've been again lucky enough to been writing about me a few times but but yeah like how the hell does it work <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody knows and I think if you really knew you could write a book and become a millionaire um, I think that that's the trickiest part and it's also when it really, really really sadly when it comes to art it's also for me the most boring part but I also know it's a necessary part so it's like yeah like I wish that, I bet you wish the same, that 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 when we do when you do big shows or whatever, that the finances were already over. So on the opening, people would just come and like converse about the art and talk about the art and embrace it and touch it and yeah and high five and oh. But sadly, it is also a business, so we need to make money. And how do you do that? I have absolutely no idea. That's why I have a gallerist. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think I like. Not that long ago, I was approached by a collector in, in Chicago, and he bought a few couple of works, and I'm like, okay, like, how the hell did he find me? I have no idea. Like, I have no idea who he is. I just but, got an address. But I have the feeling that the Danish art market, I mean, that the, 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 the Danish people are more accustomed or used to buying art and living with art yeah. than many other people. I mean, we've, we've mentioned Denmark, Denmark and the United States, and yes, the United States are still the strongest uh, market. Yeah, that's just way buying, more people. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's more people with also a different approach to art. Yeah. It's always been, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but, but Denmark, that's but what I experienced in Denmark, going to exhibitions and, you know, sort of yeah. working with Galerie Wolfson together, is that people come and they're still fascinated Yeah, and then when they're fascinated, they also buy. Yeah, and I think that 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 I've sold. I think some of my favorite pieces to sell is to people that are students mm -hmm. that have saved money for a little drawing um, out of their SU that you get in Denmark, and it's like they spend eight hundred euros on a piece, and they get maybe their monthly check is eight hundred euros. So it's like we save for three months for this show. We want, bought this little drawing, and they're so pumped. That's an awesome thing to do. And I think that that's the thing. It's like people in Denmark of all finances and all ages buy art. Why, why, why is that? Uh, yeah, why is that? That's a really good question. Maybe it's because, maybe it's, 
maybe it's because the way we live in our houses, it's all white and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and straight lines and surfaces. So if you don't have anything on the, like if you, if you go into Danish house, they'll never have their house walls painted anything but white. Mm-hmm. So essentially it already looks almost like a gallery. So if you don't put any colors on the wall, you're living in a dental cleaning office yeah. or something. Design is uh, very strong yeah, in, in Denmark. Yeah, like, it is, it is. And people grow up with understanding that that's something that we appreciate. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I think actually like there was a big print movement in their early, maybe early 2000, 2005, six, where a lot of artists were doing doodle drawings and making prints and selling them for like, I don't know, 20, 30 euros. So I remember buying them myself, going to this like art fair where they were all sitting with the little tables and selling their prints and you could get a print for whatever. And I thought it was so exciting. Um, and I think maybe that was a good push actually, you know, like people starting acknowledging that, oh, it was so nice buying this piece. And then they got the education, they got their job and they're like, oh, now I'm ready to buy an original. I have no idea why people buy that much art well, in Denmark. I'll, I'll check with Cosmos. Maybe he knows. <laughs> Maybe this, I think you know? he has the. He has the. At least he has. A, probably has an idea. <laughs> he definitely, hundred percent, will have an idea, or at least an opinion. Yeah, but then again, he took you to. He brought you to Kazakhstan and to Beirut. So um, he's always trying, which I also like, and I, I, I like. He's always trying to push. You know, like see, like oh, how far can we take it? Where can mm-hmm. we take it to? And I think that that's also. I also think we talked about this before. Having white walls and cold white wine and just opening up your doors and thinking that that's enough, I think the time has passed. Yeah, that's over. Yeah. And I think you see it at the art fairs too. There's so many art fairs. Mm-hmm. It, it can't, it, it, it somehow just can't keep continuing. Like, it just, you can't keep. How many art fairs do you have in Art Miami? Like, 25 art fairs? Yeah, probably. With 10,000 pieces in each art fair? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> it can't keep being a success. Yeah, just as so somehow, many, I think. Yeah, yeah and uh, I. I wanted it myself. I mean, I have, I have, I have ideas about it. And I've been, I've been running a gallery for over 15 years yeah. now. So, of course, but you're doing something new with this. Yeah, but I, I personally think that yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's there will always be a very clean way to run a gallery. This, there's the model to do this gallery, oh, and there's 100%. always people that that you can attract to this, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and you have a few people with money uh, and as your as your clients, then then you may survive. But I think that. As art itself, you always have to rethink the whole process yeah, and yeah. the work. I mean, and uh, and try and think money out of it essentially. Because yeah, if you think about the sales yeah, and the money, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's just, you're not like that's yeah. that's not what an artist should do, anyways. No, I mean, and um, and and basically, that's that's that there can be there can be bad for an artist to think too much about it. I think then as an artist, if you, I mean, you have worries and you need to kind of make money, of course, that's, that's, that's all, all true, but, um, uh, it, it will probably not be very beneficial for, for your work itself. No, I don't think so. Great. But, you know, let's get to your work, you know, maybe let's get away from the, from, from the from whole market thing. Even <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's part of it. It's part of it. I mean, I mean, you're what, you're, what did you say, 37, you're getting a child now, so you yeah. kind of need money. You know? Yeah, so I, need, a, I need to a baby dad money. soon, you need baby money, <laughs> yeah. you live in one of the most expensive cities of the world, yeah. uh, Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, your wife needs luxury clothes. No, she doesn't. <laughs> no, but, diamond but, rings. <laughs> but everything else, you know, sort of, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's tough to get through. Um, yeah. But, you know, so that's just like the struggle you've entered when you became an artist. Um, but you became an artist with a very, well, you didn't become an artist with the distinct style, but you developed this very distinct yeah. style in the, the last solo exhibition that we did and also the work that you showed in Wolfson in 2015. Yeah. Um, is, you know, sort of, is very different from what other people yeah. show. You know, like you have a motive and you very you work very hard on... From my perspective, you work very hard on on bringing th- this idea or this basis into many, many paintings. Mm-hmm. It's not like today I paint a house, tomorrow I paint a boat, no. then I paint a baby, no. then I paint this. No. And and when where do you think that comes from? And what drives you? Um, or drove you to the point where you started to create work like this and use these elements like the pots and. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question, because how, how do you describe why you're doing something that just comes natural? Um, I don't really know, but I know that I painted a certain way before I went traveling, and then I 
went out, saw a bunch of stuff, and came back and somehow developed this style um, that I've been doing. Um, and I think it comes from from traveling, essentially. It comes from seeing people and seeing patterns and seeing seeing the world in colors. Somehow, like, that drove me to paint, at least in the palette and the style that I'm doing. I'm painting what I'm interested in. I'm painting... I, w- I was still, whatever. I'm painting tattoos. I'm painting colors, which I like from graffiti and from 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 the, the traveling that I've done. So so in that perspective, it's that. And then I like narratives. I like storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I think that all my all my paintings have a lot of stories in them. Um, and how it became that, I often ask myself, why the hell? But it, it's like Bob Dylan sounds like Bob Dylan sounds. Kind of, sort of, and and Basquiat painted how Basquiat painted, and I think that that's like, if something comes natural to you. you now I started doing still living paintings, mm-hmm. and they still look like my paintings, which is now they're just a bunch of shapes coming out of a pot. But but you but the st- pot was there before. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So the the pot was there before that kind of came in. Why did that come in? I don't really know. Like things just. So what, why, what's the pot? The, so, la- the, 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 the in the last. Last time, the last series that you yeah, made, it was all it was empty, but there were like yeah hundreds em- em- empty pots. They were essentially about like they were called still life. The paintings were called still life, and they were the idea of 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 what a still life painting was. It's it's you set something up and you try to you set this perfect imagery up. You put you know like the bowl of fruit and and the plant, and you paint it like the old masters did. And then I thought about like oh like. Isn't that what we're doing now with, again, social media is that we're creating our own life as a still life or mm-hmm. still living imagery. Mm-hmm. It's like you take the perfect photo of your perfect plate or your perfect baby or your perfect husband or wife or perfect life. And you put this out on, on, on Instagram or on Facebook to show the world like how perfect things are when essentially it's not always that perfect. So these, these often masked women that are sitting in this like the big painting that I had here with like I don't know a hundred empty pots around them are maybe trying to control all the situations in their life putting them around but because they're so focused on all these perfect things that they're placing nothing is growing in the pots nothing grew nothing came out of it because they were trying maybe too hard to create something Maybe the pots are also possibilities of something that could potentially grow and you just need to take one up and choose it. Because often you also see a woman sitting or two women or three women or whatever. Often it's women. I use my wife as a model. It's easier. She's not so lumpy as me. Um, so so you see a, a person sitting with um, a pot that something is growing in and the rest is empty. So... It's maybe that choice, like just choose something. And maybe I'm talking to myself in them because I have such a hard time myself in choosing. Choose one thing, for crying out loud. Just do one thing instead of trying to do too many things. So maybe that's what they're about. I'm not always 100% sure what they're about. The, the outside perspective, my pers- pers- yeah, yeah. perspective, following your work for some time. Um, the, you know, oh. so the, the pots came in when we kind of met before you also had like The, the towns and yeah, there was the like towns, townships yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. and then they were inspired by Nepali towns, by the way. The what? Nepali, like yeah, I seen them in the mountains. Yeah, like, in the, like the colors that you use in. Yeah, 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 the colorfulness. Of, yeah, yeah, all those things. But now the when I, when I first saw you making these still lives with 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 flowers, which are not flowers, but you know, sort of uh, abstract shapes coming yeah. out of the pots, I thought, okay, now he's starting to fill the pots. Yeah, it's probably the obvious thing, but. Does that have something to do with changes in your life, or is that is that a struggle to find something new? Is there a point where you say, "Okay, I've done enough of this. I need to I need to change this now." I think I went through a little bit of a dark period, a point where the things definitely were less colorful. Mm-hmm. I had a very colorful period of my life where I was traveling a lot, mm-hmm. and that's when when everything was all the like very vibrant colors, and then. All of a sudden I realized, and I see back on now, it got darker and darker. And I think it was maybe from, from this, like, going back into society, having to move to a city, live there, being on family unification as we are in Denmark, because my wife is from another part of the world. Um, and then Canada. Canada, yeah. It's still in Denmark, it's so the same. If you're from Canada or from <laughs> Afghanistan, it's the same deal. Okay. Um, 
And then I guess like, yeah, like I needed to do something new and then I was talking to some, some friends and I felt like I was like, oh, I need to do something new. What am I going to do? And actually, again, Jordi Kervik, which is part of this show as well, I was talking to him online and he gave me a challenge. He's like, try and do a, a, a still lip and a still life painting. And I'm like, huh, like me do a flower bouquet? I'm like, I can't paint a flower bouquet. So I started by doing plants that look similar to plants, but it's like, this is boring. I don't like looking at things and trying to reproduce in my style of what they are. And now I ended up with this, I'm showing three paintings at the show that are still libs and, and they're essentially just, if you kind of think about it, they're just kind of graffiti shapes coming out of a pot, <laughs> kind of, sort of. Which I think, yeah, it's like, it, it, it feels very much like me in them somehow. I still need some time with them. I like them. I like the direction you're taking. I also, you know, on the, I'm, I'm also in a way happy that you kind of, you know, move on in a way, but I also see the struggle, you know, that, that we all have when we, when we, when mm. we change things. Mm. But um, I think for something that you've just started is also already pretty far advanced. Mm, I think so. Um, but I still have to get my head around the, the shapes and what's it about, because I like shapes, you know, I mm. think it's very important. A mm. lot of, in my work, shapes play a, Yeah. play an important role but yeah. um but I couldn't explain them either you know it's just like they're there and um yeah yeah it's also for me it's you know so this is nice, another nice aspect doing the show now um and showing these works for the first time uh, there will be people that know your work and they come mm. here and they say ah okay and then we kind of get some some feedback mm. And, mm. you know and 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 see see where this where this goes but i i, I think with If you put this next to any of your other work, it's like it's a it's a it's a Rune Christensen. It's yeah, like, exactly. Know, there's no, well, I think that that's no doubt about it. No, you know. I think that that's where I'm where I'm trying to go to. It's like trying to. It also be if I did if I did a painting that looked very similar to the painting I just showed here at the solo show, it'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, we just seen that. Good for you. So I think it's trying to. Yeah, but I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of artists who you basically have repetition in their style. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And, you know, so for sure. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go away from what I was doing, but I think it's just trying somehow to keep developing styles. Like, if I like the shows where you go and you can see a person that played with many different materials, many different imageries, many different, what do you call it? Like, like I like to see paper, sculpture, collage, paintings, you know, like, I think the next thing I'm going to try and paint is horses. I'm going to try and see, can I paint a horse that looks like, that has leopard spots? I don't know. Like, just Animals. try, yeah, just, just yeah. try and like, I'm, I've been looking at a lot of like, like old battle scenes from, mm -hmm. from like paintings from the 1600s. And I'm like, how can I do that, but with what I do without looking at it somehow? But is I mean your inspiration of course in the beginning is very strongly the traveling but um, but your inspiration comes from I mean like when you think about horses now where does that come from what do you think maybe I'm, I just bought a small garden house in my hometown called Horsens which is yeah. essentially old military town and the logo is a horse so maybe it's Because I looked at the logo, I'm like, maybe I need to do some horses. Yeah, well, when we talk outside art, we talk about football and we talk about, yeah. you know, all those things. And <laughs> not so many horses. And not oh, I'm married horses, to a woman from the prairies in Canada, yeah, so yeah. Okay. I see horses, wild yeah. horses. I don't know, like, I think it's just like after doing this, I'm like, I, f I felt like I found my style in these paintings. They're, 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 I keep developing them, of course, and then nowhere near done. I only made a few of them and I only showed a few. Um, so, so I think, you know, like, it's like, oh, if I can do that, then I can try and paint something else mm -hmm. because I painted people for so long or women, especially, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think it's just trying to do something, do something new. But are you, but are you kind of nervous when you, when you show these works? I mean, before an opening, oh, yeah. before an exhibition? I, I, but I haven't been to an opening where they've been shown. So no, I haven't, but in, I haven't in, seen. In, ge in general, I mean, when you do exhibitions. Um, yeah, of course. You, of course. You feel nervous. Of course, like 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 group shows, I think it's kind of a, a, in a, it is it a different way because you can kind of hide in between everyone, mm -hmm. and the, the group show can still be a success if you weren't a success, yeah. and it doesn't feel as hard. But if you do a big solo show where you work for three to six months, mm -hmm. you put a lot of time and energy and emotions into it, and it's a it's a trip, you know. Like you go through so many, like it's your whole life. You put this yeah. part of your life into this for so long. And then if it's being received badly or poorly, 
that must be hard. Like I've haven't I've been lucky enough that I haven't really tried that. Most of the shows that I've had have been been received well, and 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 I feel like you always like sales wise is whatever. But I think when you connect with someone at a show, mm -hmm. like just this one connection, like this one person that's just like this is awesome. I'm super stoked to see this and meet you and whatever. Like that's that's what I think drives you to the next one. Clearly, you need the money too, so you can. Like you talked about before, yeah, I don't but but I think that that for me, the connection with somebody that you connected with somebody through your art is 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 the most important for me. Yeah, I have. Um, I'm 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 always excited for exhibitions, of course, before mm. uh, if it's my own or all the ones that I that I um, where I show other artists. Yeah. Uh, but it's not it's not so much uh, nervous. What I have is I have um, I have an a, a, an opening hangover, if you want to say that, and not from alcohol, but like the next morning after yes. an exhibition, Depression. I wake up usually <laughs> really early, and it feels like a come down, you know. Yeah. And then then what then, now? Yeah. What now? What what what, <laughs> what happened now? yesterday? Yeah. Was everything good yesterday? Yeah. I don't know. Did they like it? Yeah. Did they like it or did? Or were they, they just yeah. trending? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, sort of after the, you know, sort of after the opening, you know, it's always you know. You, You climb a little bit downhill, and you have to kind yeah. of climb out of it again. Yeah. And um, and I don't know. I was just curious whether I, <clears throat> whether you have the same feeling. No, 100%. Because I I did when I did the show here at Healing Cowboy last May. That was my third solo show in three countries in 12 months. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's when the dark times hit me. Like I was in a I had definitely five or six months where yeah. I was like not 100% happy, ruining Christmas, and that's for damn sure. And I think that that was essentially just coming down from like show after show after show after show and traveling, you know, going to San Francisco, mm -hmm. going to Miami, going to New York, going to Hamburg, like everything was just flying. And then you're like, all of a sudden you're just like, what now? Like definitely not another solo show. Like I definitely not do another solo show. That was a hundred percent sure. I was just worn out. And it took, yeah, it took like six months to kind of like get over that. And I think that that was essentially what you're describing as just like, oh, God. Like, come down. Yeah, like a really long one. <laughs> But it was also like three pretty intense years up, yeah. leading up to that show, you know, like. And, and, and just for me, like ticking off, like I remember seeing you the first time at Art Copenhagen some years back when, mm -hmm. when you were showing uh, Victor Castello and Alex Diamond and mm -hmm. a couple of other Uh, and I was like, oh, it's, and that was also when I seen Valsen. Mm -hmm. I wasn't showing with any of you guys at that time. I was like, these galleries are awesome. This is where I want to go. And I remember talking to my wife about it. it was like showing her different galleries like, and pointing out Helium Cowboy and, and, and Valsen. I was like, this is where I want to go. And then two years later, I have solo shows with both of you guys. And I even have a solo show in, in San Francisco with one of my favorite galleries there that have, have made some amazing artists. And it's just like it's how do you how do you continue from there? Like it's that's a tough I think for many artists. It's like everybody I talk to is like after big shows people crash, and they either don't go to the studio or they go to the studio and just look around, pick their noses and go home. I think that that's pretty common. So what was picking you up then after this? Your wife or is it your work or? Uh, I think conversations with friends and 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 other artists. Uh, um, so just that support and trying to, I don't know, like, I think it was like really through, I think it's really th through these, like this, these like paintings that I did, these still labeled paintings. It was kind of like, just kind of loosening up being like, ah, oh, this is fun. I started playing with different materials. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know, really know what, what that was. Maybe having a baby, maybe that's gonna, maybe that changed my perspectives a little bit. I'm not really sure. It will. Yeah, it will. Yeah. <laughs> will change your life. And two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that's well. That's a good thing. You know, I think <laughs> it's um, it's important that you have uh, uh, have things in your life that change your perspective. But I, I think it doesn't it, always have to be a baby or something dramatic. No, 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 no. Be a good football game or yeah. a burger and a beer. Yeah. A good friend, a hug, something like almost, that. But almost relegating and then but not. I, but I also, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> something like. But I also do think though that like like just having galleries for example like mm -hmm. when we talk about professional yeah. relationships that actually believe in you that are like mm -hmm. you know like even though you're in a hard time you still have i still have good conversations with you have really good conversations with rasmus as well and and it's like oh like everything will be good just keep doing what you're doing and and you know like you, you're still there like it's not like 
just because I didn't produce a ton of work in six months, you're still there. And I'm like, oh, you're still there. Oh, that's nice. That feels safe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think I think that's there's one part a gallery can provide, but it's it's in as it probably always has been difficult. But because of the business angle of the whole thing, it's not always easy to to combine the both because galleries very yeah. often, of course, have to let loose a little bit more once the grand opening is over and yeah. the show's over because yeah. there's other artists that need the same yes. attention. Yes, and that's a hard one to acknowledge yeah. for an artist as well, yeah. being like, oh. I was the center of attention for yeah. three months, you know, leading up to the show. Mm -hmm. Then I was the super center of attention at the opening. Yeah. Then I was kind of the attention <laughs> yeah. for two weeks. And then I drifted out and I'm kind of gone for maybe no one's really calling me mm -hmm. what's going on. And that's when I think that's where you need to be strong and either have good colleagues and friends or something. But that's something you got to go through all the time as an artist. And then I think that that's the... Yeah, well, you're, you're lucky to have galleries, you know, how many artists go through... Their careers and all they get is group shows or smaller exhibitions, yeah. you know. And yeah. um, but yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't know. It's 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 a life that you basically choose. Yes. Um, and uh, and you work with so many different people, and yeah. every gallery works differently, and every artist uh, has a different understanding as well. It brings together very very big egos as well. Everybody's like, yeah. you know, sort of has a very strong opinion usually yeah um, and that includes like the third party the collectors yeah well, it's like three big egos that you kind of have to combine because all of you know so I think an artist has to not has not necessarily be a be a be a be a be a be an alpha or anything but has to have a strong feeling about themselves it can be a very depressed feeling as well but you, mm -hmm. you, you work your work is in a way, no matter how strong it is and how strong you build it, um, you know, my work's probably very masculine because of its work and, you know, tools and saws and mm -hmm. noise involved in them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that the rest and everything behind it isn't super fragile, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, and I think that's that's the a balance that, as an artist, you kind of have to find, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think it can take can take very long. I mean, I'm doing this for, for a bunch of years longer than you do, but um, that's why I'm, oh, I asked about, you know, like the anxiety after <laughs> exhibitions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I also think I'd, I'd miss this if it would be just like, yeah, I just did an exhibition. It's great. What's next? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think it's, it's very important to question yourself after these things because mm -hmm. other people may not, you know, they just think, oh, it's great. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you just cannot get distracted from less likes on social media or that a gallerist doesn't you know probably care for you for a couple of weeks uh, uh, or that um, that you that you don't get the support that you usually get or that people stop buying for some time you know that can yeah. also always happen yeah I'm, I'm curious to see where 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 your career will lead you because i i've um i've seen uh, i've seen uh, like a very strong 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 side but i think that you are you are in a in a mid-career level where you where there's still so much potential yeah, to I hope come so. and to grow. You know, I for you so. maybe it's like you know you know the struggle and hard. What's next? Now work on this. But yeah, um, and I'm, I'm I'm super sure that your baby is gonna change you <laughs> so much. Um, but then of course you also get a strong opinion when you have a child, and I like that. If you if, if for example I you know with my two children. Um, they both have a very strong opinion about what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it's probably easier to understand for them if I would be a controller for, I don't know, a car manufacturer. It would be, and you know, they wouldn't even know what I'm doing my day. And here mm -hmm. they have an idea what I'm doing, but they're mm -hmm. also like very, very important feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, they cannot change what I'm doing, but they can influence my own opinion on things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, better. So, yeah so and this I mean your baby still needs some time to grow but then you know it will it will add something probably I'm, yeah, hopefully I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I hope so I hope so yeah and I'm definitely excited so, about that so and you now you've moved back to Horsens uh, in your little summer house for for, for the, the baby period or yeah just for work? the summer and then try and check it out and see like if if it's something to move back to a smaller mm -hmm. town or go back to Copenhagen I still have my apartment and my studio there mm -hmm. which is just subletted um, yeah, so just try and check that out and see if that's something. But it's just a nice, unique opportunity because the house is it provides a, a studio space, mm -hmm. 
which is fine size for, for, for the summer when you can paint outside. And it's just a nice, nice subtle place to have a kid, I guess, and be outside all the time. And is Copenhagen a, a good place for art? Is that... Yeah, I guess like there's lots of galleries. I don't really work with any there. So it's kind of an odd place to move to Copenhagen and then don't work with a gallery there. Uh, I showed there a few times with galleries, but I haven't really found something that fitted. Um, but I think there's a lot of galleries. There's a lot, there's a lot of inspiration there, I would say. You know, like you can go around, there's good museums, lots of galleries where you can see what's going on. But the scene there is a little bit different than the scene that I'm part of, if you can say that. It's, it's, it's a different kind of art scene. Um, in uh, how? Um, in the middle of the galleries, if you could call it that, like I would say, it has a little bit more of, of a, um, right now, minimalism and that kind of minimalistic abstraction mm -hmm. that I would, if you were to talk about a time, I would say like the 70s in New York. That style of painting is very popular right now, which is very far from what I'm doing. Um, um, so I guess that, and then just a lot of the galleries, just very high, high-end galleries. Like there's a lot of high-end galleries there oh, well, that I like, like the galleries that would that would show the, the the work that I that's the scene that I am part of, which you're part of, which Elon Cowboy is part of, is is a showing, a, you know, you know, like Wes Lang or um, um, Todd James, and and that you know, like a little bit extra on the level bar, you know, so. There's a lot of galleries in, in, in Copenhagen that do like the big fairs and now on that on that high. Yeah, end. yeah. So a lot of them are doing doing big fairs. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like there's two art fairs in Copenhagen. You know. There, yeah, there used to be one, and then it split up to two, and then yeah. it split up to three, and then one closed down, and I don't know, like it's. Yeah. But the chart is it called chart? Chart, yeah, chart, yeah. That's, yeah. That sounds like a like a good idea. I mean, I've just seen it from the from the internet from this perspective. Yeah, and it's it's that's really high-end. Mm -hmm. Like that's really high-end art work that's there and I think, you know, like the galleries that are in that fair are really strong and like it's almost like going to I wouldn't call it a museum, yeah. but a lot of the pieces there are museum pieces that could end up in museums and artists that are have shown in museums. So So when will you end up in a museum? Ending up in a museum is a very negative way of saying it. it kind of sort of. It sounds like you're like, oh, god damn it, I died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that will ever happen, but I don't really have a goal. It's not like... Is that important to you? No. Is it important what, you know, so like I think art for many people is like also striving for, you know, uh, immortality, but is that something that's important to you? What happens? No. No, the important thing is just waking up and smiling I guess and being happy with what I do mm -hmm. and then being able to live semi-carefree mm -hmm. because I don't think you will ever be 100% carefree when you're working with your own product that's just yourself like as an artist it's like you always be I saw this doc this interview with uh, you know the artist Kaus K-A-W-S yeah. yeah which is essentially he's like that He's like the top dog of urban contemporary, mm -hmm. new contemporary, whatever you want to call it. He's yeah. up there, right? Yeah. And I seen this interview and I was like, man, that guy has it made. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, he still felt like, you know, like still got to push it. You know, I haven't reached my goal yet. I'm like, what? <laughs> it never ends. You know, like it's ne it'll never end. Yeah, but that's also, I mean, he just he's just reached probably goals in terms of recognition that cannot yeah. grow bigger and sales. No. I mean, of yeah. course, that's so then there's a new worry on top of that, you yeah. know. So yeah. I think, you know, like if you can just, if if I'm able to live how I'm living right now, which is, is very comfortable, mm -hmm. but I'm by no means rich. I don't own a car or anything mm -hmm. um, the rest of my life and have good relationships mm -hmm. through the art and good communities and, and good experiences. I think that that's what I want to do. I don't really care about the other things so much. Like, that would be nice. Like, I'm not saying, a, like, if a museum called me tomorrow, like, oh, we'd like to buy a big piece of you, like, or something. Like, I'm, like, not going to be like, no, no, that's not yeah, me. Also, in Europe, it's a little bit more difficult to get into museums. Like, in America, yeah. I mean, a lot of the artists that we work with, even in the beginning of their careers, they had their works in museums, but it's a different kind of structure. That's my It's a very different kind of structure, museums. yeah. Museums, a lot yeah. of them are privately funded. Most of them yes. are privately funded. Yes, and, yes, um, yeah. It's different. So, yeah. But yeah, I think just... Yeah. So a museum is not important for us. Not at all. I've so is there anything important that, uh, that you think we left out? I mean, it's, you know, I would just, you know, try to 
to stick to the hour because there's like 15 hours that we can talk more but um, yeah I can continue this for a long yeah. time well we can continue afterwards but yeah <laughs> people will start sure. fall asleep you know? Um, I think one thing that I learned over the last maybe year, and I think that that's from from that like exhibition hangover that we talked about, is branching out. Mm-hmm. I think that I was too focused mm-hmm. on just painting white squares of cotton canvas or paper, and I think that I learned that getting out of your studio is important. Mm-hmm. I think doing a show like this yeah. is fun. It's a new project. Yeah. For me, I started doing murals again. I I came from painting on the streets, and now I'm trying to go back to doing that I'm doing big my first really big mural this summer like in a month and I'm very excited about that I am doing a street art where, festival where, where is that? in Denmark in yeah. Denmark yeah actually in my hometown oh. through Peter Bierk yeah nice yeah um, um, so 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 I'm doing that and with a lift and everything and I'm super excited uh, and then we're doing a street art festival and then I actually did this um, which was very nice for me I did this workshop for a bunch of kids in a from a school in um, what do you call it lower social income mm-hmm. area and that was awesome that was the first time I ever done that and it just gave me so much energy so I think you know like I think I need to maybe branch out a little bit more do mm-hmm. little projects like I know you've done beer you, like not drinking beer also done that but you designed beer you designed you, you, you brew your own beer it's like I think you know if you just go to your studio 10 hours a day and paint and paint and paint and paint I did that for four years, mm-hmm. every day, all the time, no breaks. Yeah. That became a little bit much, and I think that that was part of the big crash or whatever you can call it. So I think that like just doing a little bit more fun projects here and there, like I would love to do more murals and little projects with kids, or designing a beer label thing, or doing a T-shirt, or I don't know. But just a little bit more to get that inspiration and energy from other people because it is a little bit lonely every now and then, right? Like. Just, just, in just being in your studio, yeah. listening to jazz, thousand hours a month. <laughs> jazz and blues. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Good inspiration. The yeah. last series I did, I just just listening to, really, without any compromise, I was just listening to a certain kind of jazz from a certain time, uh, time well, period. Yeah, which which is. Uh, Charlie Parker and oh. you know and, and, oh. uh, and the Cold bebop, the and bebop, Miles bebop and times, stuff like that. Yeah, but just the oh man, stuff, oh just, so yeah. good, yeah, so good. Yeah. Like Blue Train, the, the album uh, for Cold uh, Coltrane yeah. after uh, uh, Miles Miles Davis after yeah. he broke up yeah. with him. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, also the stories of, behind it. One of my favorite. Yeah, yeah I have this like weird, a crazy time too. Yeah. So crazy, and all of them were insane and died in crazy houses or of drugs. Yeah, yeah I watch. I listened to this podcast and I kept listening to it over and over again. And it's the history of jazz by this. I can't remember the name of him, but he's like a Danish guy that just knows everything about it, and it was amazing. And I just me, me and uh, Julian Dice, which is also part of the show, we have we share a studio, and we just kept listening to it and is listening it in to it. It's in Danish, yeah. Okay. It's absolutely amazing. It just tells all the crazy stories about like how Billie Holiday was in crazy, and this person, uh, something about like Charlie Parker died laughing on a couch. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> they were just they were insane. Like yeah. I find big inspiration in jazz as well. Yeah, yeah, music in general. Yeah, 100%. We had that time with C.W. Stone King, you and I, when yeah, we were... Yeah, I still have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I kind of, oh. I've started listening to him again, but I definitely needed him on a break for about six months because <laughs> I was like, I just listened to it over and over and I, over. I did, you know, one of the, probably the, for me, the major piece of my solo exhibition last year with Victor Castillo yeah. together yeah. that was inspired by, by mm. one of his songs, totally. Which and one I was that again? Uh, the Love Me or Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. played it, you know, yeah. all the time on the guitar here yeah. because it's a very long text and it's not that yeah. easy, but it's, I don't mind, you know, I don't care yeah. how it sounds, but it's just like that, like, I couldn't let go of that song no. and of that story. But and, he's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't believe talking about beer. Mm, Oli and I, mm, we're creating a new beer, new artist beer together. Nice. And Ori said we wanted to do that last year, but then there was no time. But the title for that beer, and basically the story of the beer is the Love Me or Die. <laughs> so sometimes you got to send CW Stone really King hooked on these things. But I also think it's, for me, it's, I dive into those things and I start yeah. researching. And, yeah. and that's a very important aspect <clears throat> of, of, of my work before I, you know, so in my sketching phase, there's a lot of writing, a lot of researching, yeah. and then I come from one thing to yeah. the other. Like the work for this show, uh, The Attack of the 50 Foot Woman, it's such a fan- fantastic story of a 
crazy movie from the 50s and it has so much relevance for today and all these things it reminds me of those like uh, the big dinosaurs that are attacking New York or like yeah King but in this time it's a 50 foot woman yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah what's yeah, scarier yeah. dinosaur or 50 foot woman no, I'm not sure 50 foot yeah. woman maybe <laughs> well that, well, that how much is 50 feet 20 meters I think 20 yeah that's a big woman yeah that's a big woman. isn't there like a fetish about that kind of stuff I don't know, probably Gi it wasn't the 50s. Giant women? I don't know. So something about that? No? All right, that's when we do the sex podcast next <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, because um, I see that horror shock. <laughs> like it reminds me of like yeah. some kind of, yeah. Well, actually the work has to come with the trailer for the movie from 1958 because that basically explains it all. Okay, nice. So, but that's what I'm saying. You should maybe do a little like a uh, like little flat screen box, underneath yeah. that just runs the trailer all the time. But yeah. then you got to start paying money to the business and stuff don't even like I don't know maybe movie. it's too old for that but I don't that's that's part of research I don't like to do yeah um, yeah but, but I know yeah. you really nerd things yeah like you, you really go digging deep yeah. to them don't you yeah. yeah yeah it's like I like that you brewed your own beer like yeah I like that too yeah I like that. I still have a couple of I saved a couple of bottles yeah. Yeah. that's actually that's actually a good a good point it's uh, it's six a point six o'clock in the evening now Julia's tired her arms are weak from carrying the camera around us and trying to make us look good all evening. Uh, my beer's empty. My beer's empty, so we should probably just call it a, a podcast Yeah. and uh, see what's in the fridge. That was awesome. It's definitely I enjoyed hands. it. Still definitely a dirty hands in there. Right. Yeah, really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, I enjoyed this. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. This was hilarious. Thank you. you know, and, awesome. Um, let's see how we hang the show tomorrow. It's going to be yeah. very interesting. I hope it's going to be awesome. Tons I of think great it work. Will. Yeah, we still got more coming, don't we? Yeah, yeah just two works. But, yeah. Yeah, nice. So, all I'm right. excited. Thank you, guys. <laughs>